welcome back to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. It's your usual suspects, Alex, and my beautiful wife, Meredith. And we have here today our second returning guest of the podcast. But returning for the third time? Yeah, so she's returning for the third I think the fourth I was or fifth. Say it might be the fourth. fourth. It's Lindsay Martin. Yeah. Hi. Um, we're actually at her house right now. Invaded. Yeah. And our podcast setup is extra professional. It is. People always ask why we don't video our podcasts, and the like. This setup right now is exactly why. It looks like someone. It looks like an electronics yard. <laughs> On the floor. And we have three dogs. Scattered around. For moral support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for coming Happy on. To Thanks be for here. letting us uh yeah, crash your house. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so we I I figured the first and probably most relatable topic that we could and we can talk about this because we're experts now, because we've had a puppy for exactly one week. <laughs> we've had Rue, who's here. We can talk about dog ownership. Mm-hmm. What did you just make a thing at your nose? I'm trying to get you to talk closer to your mic. I am. Okay. Okay. And, uh, okay, where are we going now? Well, so when Lindsay got, she's had a dog, Millie. And we know a little bit about Millie and her phantom pregnancies. You <laughs> told us about that. Yeah, I Millie has to go to the vet. My impression of Millie's vet trips is it hap- they happen every day. <laughs> The the vet that we go to is actually very sweet. They actually stopped charging us for checking on her in the last <laughs> How often would you say Millie goes to the vet? Um, so some like a problem comes up probably once every three months. Oh, that's not that is, too bad. That's not as bad. And it just depends like how bad the problem is, how many times we'll have to go in that like incidents that comes up so there's like the initial incident and then there's like the there's follow-ups yeah and these are like kind of random obscure it's not like anything that's inherently wrong with her the the allergies is a well the allergies are inherently wrong with her and then the um phantom pregnancy i guess you could call inherently (laughs) wrong (laughs) the most recent trip was because she goes so hard that uh she impaled herself on a stick and it went all the way to her bone. So they were worried about a bone infection. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a whole thing because it didn't bleed right away. So they thought, we thought that it was broken. Her toe was broken at first um, because it just like, like the skin just um, healed back onto it like right away. Yeah. And then like fast forward two days, she licked it enough that it opened again and then it was just gushing blood. Anyways, so it turned out <laughs> stick impaled to the toe. She had to go to the vet literally every other day for them to check it. She had a satellite dish sized cone on that she wrecked I all of our walls that. with. Yeah. <laughs> she's and just to dog. paint the picture, <laughs> Millie is a 93 pound Great Dane hound cross. So yeah. She's not. She's small. a significant animal. <laughs> yeah. Bordering on like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, that's all to say that when Lindsay, so Lin, we Meredith always talk about how hectic our life is, but as our second hand, or I guess you could say third hand woman, mm-hmm. you're probably just as busy as us. And so when Lindsay announced that she was getting another puppy, <laughs> 
we were like, shoot, that might impact her productivity. <laughs> and then we were like, why would she get another puppy? And then now we have a puppy. And why not? <laughs> it's about 12 p.m. We were supposed to start the podcast at 10 a.m. <laughs> yep. So productivity is impacted greatly on both par- for both parties. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that we got a puppy right after because you were talking about how difficult it has it was with Georgia for a while there yeah. and Georgia's the new puppy mm-hmm. yeah so Georgia yeah Georgia's the new one that was purchased kind of impulsively because I made the mistake of going on Kijiji and found out that the <laughs> mix of Great Dane and Weimaraner existed and then I was obsessed immediately <laughs> I could not <laughs> stop thinking about it so that's how Georgia came to be <laughs> she's a really cool looking dog yeah yeah she's pretty cute yeah she's like black velvet mm-hmm. that's her color yep so so yeah so i made the impulsive decision and then dealt with the repercussions afterwards so i remember distinctly being on a zoom call with the whole team and telling everyone not to get a puppy <laughs> <laughs> don't do it <laughs> i said don't do it and then uh alex and meredith went for it anyway <laughs> we got a puppy because we were forward thinking to like when we want her to be a dog mm-hmm. and next summer is when we would like to have a dog. Yep. And so it was like, well, that means that uh, early fall is the time for a puppy. So that was where Rue came from. It's a less impulsive decision than mine was, but yeah, still like bordering, like it was still a pretty fast decision. I think we were kind of kicking it around and then we were like, well, shoot, we have to get one now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. They're like, Alex is sad. They're, they're just like, they're always so excited to see you. They make you smile, even though they sometimes might make you cry. <laughs> what I like most about Rue is she doesn't play hard to get like Ivy does. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't make you work for her. No, emotion. which I like. I so what would you say is the hardest part about having a puppy? Um, the hardest part is, and we're kind of like, fingers crossed like past it now but it's just the like house training part is probably the hardest and then the lack of sleep is what really starts to wear you down (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I've got some pretty gnarly stories about Georgia and pooping in her crate um because she doesn't like to just poop in the crate she likes to poop and then hurricane it around Like we oh, came home man. once and it was literally on the walls, on the oh bedside table, like in the hardwood, not just on the hardwood, like in the groove, smushed into <laughs> the hardwood. So yeah, that was the hardest part. Yep. It's getting a bit better now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we were bragging about Rue kind of being house trained. Yeah. She's still like, she is, I think for the most part, but then like last <laughs> night we, she had her first kind of like accident in the house well she we were upstairs and she had this major zoomies mm-hmm. like completely out of control we were laughing and it was really fun and then at one point i remember being like where'd she go <laughs> and we were both like rue rue and she comes out and we resumed playing <laughs> and I, like i walk into the bedroom and i had farted and i was like that is not my brand <laughs> and i'm like i think rue tooted like we should take her out she might need to poop so meredith takes her out and while she takes her out i'm like in in the bedroom and i'm like it still stinks <laughs> like that fart was brutal not mine hers and and i'm like this is not a fart 
And I walk around the bed and there is a shit <laughs> on Meredith's side of the bed, like full on like turd. And I'm, and I'm like, so I go and I have to go pick it up with Kleenex and put it in the toilet. And I hate picking up poop. It's gross, but it's even grosser when it's in inside yeah you have to be you have like with the grass you can kind of just like meh, you grab it whatever it yeah. gets on the grass it's grass when it's on your carpet you're like you have to pick it up in a way that it doesn't <laughs> go into the carpet yeah. <laughs> it it takes a delicate hand yeah. anyways and so unfortunately it was like we were going to bed immediately after that and it smelled like it shit smelled in our like bedroom yeah i was like of all the rooms through the bedroom and we've also discovered in this process that Meredith has no sense of smell. <laughs> so I'm like, Meredith, it stinks. And she's like, it does? And I'm like, sure enough, Rue has pooped in her crate. Yeah. That first night. I'm like, yeah. how did you not smell that? <laughs> You've been out here for like 10 minutes. Do you guys like gag when you're picking it up? Because Chris does. And I think it's like I do. I can't thing. breathe in. If I smell it, I'll, I'll puke. I don't like, I don't. It doesn't bother and me. And it's like yeah. warm and soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. But I just think it's so funny when he gags. <laughs> At least now with poop bags, you can get like actual poop bags. Yeah, but when I, was, when I was a kid and we had dogs, we would have to use grocery bags. Oh, yeah. And they always had little holes oh. in them. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst when you realize you're like it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. Not the best. But overall, happy to have her. Yeah. She's been good. Um, and then this morning she pooped because you decided that your poop was more important than her poop. She pooped while I was pooping and yeah. you were sleeping. Yeah. And she went beside your bed. <laughs> so <laughs> picture Meredith sleeping in and Rue's like, dee, 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 right beside Meredith as she's sleeping, takes a shit and leaves. It's kind of funny as I remember hearing her. She like walked in the door, I think whined once. And then I, I was like, oh, I guess Alex is up here. Whatever. And I think she whined once and was like. Alright. <laughs> it's gonna shit on the floor. Tried to fun. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's good. It's a fun challenge, I guess. Okay, on a more fun topic. Three weeks ago now? Three weekends ago? Yes. Almost. Yeah. You both participated in a local competition. How how was that? Like I I asked I thought this would be a fun topic because I'm about to do like a half marathon for in a race and I'm getting a little bit nervous. It's been a while since I've like competed in something with a specific goal. And I thought since we hadn't discussed the competition, cause Meredith, you had a pretty, a pretty big revolution, I guess you could say. I would, I think the revolution has been happening over the past, like, but it kind of came to fruition and you did a post about it. And then Lindsay, you also did a post about competing recently. So that'd be a fun topic. Yeah. So, so Outside the Box is a yearly competition put on by Optimum Performance Training, which is our gym and our coach in Calgary. And it's a pretty unique, like it's not a, a big competition. There's only maybe like 12 to 16 participants in each uh, gender. And it's a unique competition. Like the, I would say the events are much harder than a normal CrossFit competition. Partially, I think, because a lot of them are a little bit lower skill. Like it's just, it's a fitness competition. But this year had a bit more skill in it. And the last time I competed in a CrossFit competition was outside the box. And that was 2020, 2021. Mm. What was no, the year? No, 2019. 2019. I think. Yeah. Or maybe 2020. It was 2020. Was it? Because I didn't do 2021. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the yeah and neither did you nope um and it it really just it I was not in a good place I think I had a lot of expectation that I could just show up and do well because that's just what I had done to that point in my even like even though I, at that point I had taken a solid like year or two off of competing I still had this expectation like I would show up show up to OPT and just like crush everybody I don't know this is what I thought <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> I I don't I just like at some point kind of mentally checked out I was in a like a kind of a bad mood and I was like can you cheer up I'm trying to win here <laughs> that was just how I was at that time like even in training I was just like sour about it and so this year was I had kind of chilled out I started running doing biking like other things and this year I just felt like I was in a much better place to compete and just go in there and just do it with no expectation of winning or winning any events just doing it and having fun doing something for me and it worked it was like it was it was kind of a proof of concept like can I go there mentally can I show up at a competition knowing that I'm probably not going to win and potentially not even win an event and still have a good time and I did so um I didn't win I didn't think I came fourth or fifth I don't actually know where I finished <laughs> I think that's a big struggle for a lot of ex-athletes and by like we're semi-retired or like not even people who are competitive but don't really want to be competitive. It's like, how do you get out of that? Like, I I need to win. I am I identify with winning or like vying to win and like having fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't really have fun at competitions. So, so like for me, I'm like, I I don't want to do it. Well, I think for a long time for me, winning was fun, and I would only do competitions that I could win, and I would win, <laughs> and that's just how that was for like three or four years. That's how it was for me. And so as soon as I stopped winning, because I wasn't training to be competitive, but in my mind, I was still an athlete. I'm still good at CrossFit. I'm still training it. I should still be winning. There was just this disconnect between the results and what my effort was at that time, rather than just being happy with what my effort was and letting the results be what they you know, we're going to be, or choosing to not compete. Like, I don't know why I didn't make that decision sooner. So like at the CrossFit games, you're not going to, when you compete at the CrossFit games, you're not going to win. No, 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 no. But, that but that's different. Yeah. Is it different? Cause you're already at the top. Like you've already won just by being there. Yeah. That was the, like the achievement for me. Like I never had the expectation that I was going to go to the CrossFit games and like do well. So I was like, okay, I qualified. That's the like feather in the cap. And then you had fun while you were there. Yeah, until the last day when I wanted to not be <laughs> So, like, I guess you're using that, like, I'm, I'm just happy to be here doing the best in every event, knowing I'm probably not going to win at now, like, more local competitions. Yeah, which I think 2018 me would felt would have felt like that was a regression. Like, oh, you, that's not what we do. If you can't win a local competition, like, what are you even doing? Um, where I think the growth is in the, the real pinnacle for me with training is being able to show up and just doing it for me and not for anybody else. Not because I'm expected to win or I think people expect me to win. It's just doing it because I enjoy it and just whatever that is, I could have come last and that would have been okay. But I think you won. I'll speak from, for myself. I think you won because you came out of basically training in your basement for two years and I think everyone had assumed you hadn't been training. So you showed up and they were like, oh shit. I, was like, I okay. think you kind of downplayed She's kind it too, of good still. You, you were like, 
I don't really, I didn't train for this. Like, I, Mike asked me if I wanted to train for it, and I said no. <laughs> so, like, everyone was but like. But I think, like, mentally, I, that had to be no. Yeah. Like, when he asked, do you want to train for it, or do you just want to train and then do it? And I said, I just want to train like I'm normally training and then do it. Because as soon as I shift into, like, I am training for this, then that's a lot of pressure, and that changes the experience. So that was another thing. Like, I've never done a competition where I wasn't really trained to do it beyond being like baseline kind of prepared. But you didn't like get off. You weren't like a couch potato. No, you no. were still working out on a regular basis. Yeah, and, like I biked all summer. Like I'm not in, it's not like I'm like pulled out of retirement. <laughs> you know, let me take off my. Dusted the crumbs <laughs> off of your shirt. <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't the, that wasn't the reality, but it was funny. Like people kept looking at me like, wait, what? what? Why are you here? <laughs> How did I, you do so well? I still work out. Uh, yeah, but that was a that was another shift, I think, for for me. And that's hard. Like I, I think a lot of people and I remember Mike said this to me after the event. He said a lot of athletes will never get to where you are mentally with this. A lot of people, when they retire from a sport or from CrossFit, they can't do it. Like they can't they don't want to train it. They definitely don't want to do competitions. Like it's not fun to do something and not be at the level that you once were. Um and that like meant a lot. And you know, for me, I think there's a lot of benefits to coaching and working with people. But you start to, you say things enough to other people that you start to like absorb them yourself. <laughs> and I think that's part of what has happened to me is like, I, I talk sense into people every day with their mindsets around training and competing. And it makes it like, it just, it softened me up a little bit as an athlete and made it easier to enjoy. I mean, I, I was happy that that was the outcome because it could have easily been, I could have easily slipped into that like 2020 mindset and just. Like when I, when I didn't do well in the hill sprint, uh, because of my foot, I could have just mailed the rest of the weekend in or like just pulled out. But I was like, it doesn't matter in the, the, the running biking event, same thing. I was like, well, I almost just took a zero on that event. And even if I had not done it and taken a zero on that event, I would have showed up the next day. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I was not prepared to not complete the weekend. Good for you. Different than, yeah. Old me, (laughs) but that's, uh. That's my experience. Lindsay, you're you're coming from a perspective of someone who's like still very much in the competitive scene. So what was what was your experience with with outside the box this year? Yeah, I think <clears throat> reflecting on it, like it took me a couple of weeks afterwards to like understand why I just like did not enjoy this competition. And that has like never been the case for me. And it's like I can look back now and like there were events that I did enjoy and there were time like points that I enjoyed, but it was not what it usually is. And like, to be fair for like at, at every competition, I cry at some point because (laughs) something has happened that I, that I don't like, but like this point, this time it was kind of just like trying to get through it and just like not really enjoying it. And I think like it came from a, a couple places and one was definitely this expectation to like win again so I won it last year and I felt either I didn't feel it so much from other people like I remember last year like knowing that like Alex wasn't doing it and I had come second the year before that I was like favorited to win and people had like said that to me or whatever and again like it's a local competition so like who cares but I just felt that like pressure from other people and this year I didn't really feel it from other people but I just felt it from myself that like um, well, Mike had told me that he expected me to win two events. And when they came up, I knew exactly which ones they were. It was like the hill sprint, 
which I did not win. And that was on day one. And I was like shocked and like so upset. And I almost, yeah, like I couldn't really like let that go throughout like the most of the weekend. Cause that was like one of two workouts that I was supposed to win. And I came third. And so then I guess not really in me to like quit or mail it in or anything. So like I never did that. And I never had that kind of like mentality about it, but I just like was pretty negative. Like I kind of fumbled the jump event and it was definitely kind of like a mental error thing. And I was like so annoyed at that. And it wasn't even, I didn't even cry after that. I just like went outside and had like an existential crisis and was like, (laughs) what am I doing (laughs) with my life? Um, but then I like, I came back and I did win the next one that he, that I knew was that he expected me to win. Um, and that was fun. And then like the last day, um, the last event was more of like a CrossFit type workout. And it was like Fran and Diane. And I knew I would do really well in the Fran part at least. And so like, I started to have more fun, like by the end, but again, it was kind of like attached to the doing well or like winning part so I had to like reflect on it a lot afterwards um and yeah just kind of like figure out like why I didn't have as much fun and like what my mindset was and if I think back to the last competition where I really did have fun and was just like enjoying being there it was um a different local competition called battle in the barracks last year and it was because we had come out of we were coming out of covid we were finally allowed to train with everyone i was just like so stoked to not just be alone in my garage training or alone like in an empty gym training so i was like so just like whatever happens happens i'm just like happy to be here and i think even if you are more in like the competitive side of things you have to have like some of that because if you're not enjoying it even if you are competitive, even if you are winning everything, like, what is the point? Like, yeah, no one, like I said this in my post, like, no one's paying us to do this. Like, it's not, no one's forcing us to do it. We're deciding to do it because we, we derive some like value from it. Um, so yeah. So I think like finding it like inherently valuable for that, for like the challenge, for like finding out like what you can do and, being inspired by the people around you and what they can do is is the uh where I think I get value from competing and it can't just be tied to winning or fulfilling expectations whether they're your own or other people's um because yeah I like found out that it really isn't as fun (laughs) if you're doing it that way no And I think you can get away with that for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think that like drive to be successful can be very motivating, but then there are moments where, especially when you get to that point in your athletic career where improvements become more like incremental and there, it can feel like there's are are periods of time where you're like going backwards Mm -hmm. that if your sole purpose is to win and to always be that person who's at the top, like it's, it, you can have moments that are like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, I was winning and now I'm not winning and that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been in every iteration of that. It reminds me like we, I, we've talked about before this idea of like reference points um, for athletes specifically. And in my opinion, there's four inappropriate reference points. There's other people um, cause you can't control what they're doing. You have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a previous version of yourself. So this is really common for like, for me, that was the struggle for a long time. Was this like 2017, 2018 Meredith, who was really effing good at CrossFit, but I wasn't really working. Mm -hmm. Like it was all I did. And then there's like other people online. That's the obvious one. That's not fair. Cause you have not only like no idea what that person's doing, but like they're putting the best version of themselves out for you to see. And then there's like some future version of yourself that doesn't exist yet. And that's the expectation. That's mm -hmm. like, well, I'm training to be this elite athlete. I'm going to be one day. Like, why can't I step into that? Like, why am I not winning right now? And I think that's, those are the, the a lot of people don't ask, why am I not? It's like, I should be, mm -hmm. yes. it's so like based in this expectation. Mm -hmm. Why I should be able to do this. I should have one. And it's like, why? where do you get off? Yeah. Yeah. But all of those are just like, it's, it's not number one, not fair to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not fair to the people who you might be comparing yourself to. And it takes you away from the present moment where like you can control kind of where your feet are. You can like maybe objectively consider what your past, you know, four to six weeks of life have been like and training. And then just be a little more like, uh, appreciative of what you're able to do. And I don't know, I, I've always felt like when I get pulled out of the moment, out of, out of the, the competition that I'm in, that's when my performance starts to really suffer. Mm -hmm. And I get into a really negative headspace because it becomes a, well, why not? Why not? Like, why isn't this working? Why am I not winning? These other people aren't me. They've never been to the games. How are they beating me? Like that kind of, and it's like, they're beating me because they're better. Mm -hmm. That's the whole story. Mm -hmm. Like in whatever the test is, they're just better. And, um, you know, in 2018, I was better than I am now. And I had a problem with that for a long time, but now I don't. Um, I think for me taking the, like, I'm not going to compete in the sport anymore. Like there's no expectation. There's no future me. So it's like, what's left. I can enjoy the thing that I'm doing right now. It's, I think it's to your point about comparing to your previous self. I think a lot of people do that to see how far they've come. And I think there's value in that. So like, oh, in 2017, I could only snatch 150. Now I'm snatching 150 for a triple or I'm snatching 175 or whatever it may be. And it's, easy to do that in certain aspects of CrossFit because it's measurable. A lot of it is. It's really hard to do that in competition because almost every single workout or every single, um, scenario, like, tr uh, competition scenario is different. So even if you have, I think it was 2015 or 2014, the legless rope climb event at regionals. And then you have it again in this past semifinals event. And people are comparing times and it's like, well, look at how much better they are. And it's like, yeah, but also like the ropes are different. Yeah. The, the setup on the field is different. The distance. You're distance competing against <laughs> other people in the moment. Like maybe you were competing against, you know, someone like Christy Aramo this year, who's going to push you a little harder versus before you were the best one and you didn't have to push as hard. Cruise, like yeah. it, there's so many variables, even if it is the same, it's so hard to compare yourself in CrossFit like even a lift, you might lift on the third event of a, of a competition, whereas in the gym, you're lifting fresh. Yeah. It's really hard to compare. Yeah. And it's, I mean, from like we, I run now and it's, it's even hard to do that. It's kind of like, well, you know, it's a different route or the wind was different or the weather's different. Like, yeah, yeah you hopefully you'll see changes that are big enough where it's easy to say, okay, I'm getting better. But then even going back to CrossFit, there are so many 
variables within the sport or so many things to focus on. It's like, okay, well, I'm definitely better at wall balls, but now I'm not as good at gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Like it's constant. And you can, I think a lot of people focus on where they're falling short from their previous self, whereas how far they've come from their previous self. Yeah. Cause it is important to be able to appreciate the progress that you've made. And that's like, that's not just athletic progress. That's any kind of progress, whether it's like health and nutrition or career or whatever, like you have to be able to look back and be proud of what you've done because it's very motivating to continue. But yeah, you're right. I think there's just, there's this human tendency to be very negative and it's very easy to find your flaws. Um, and at the same time, very easy to find other people's like, uh, success. It's easy to look at someone and see their success and then look at yourself and see your flaws. That's just kind of how that works. It's got like, you're still doing CrossFit, but getting worse. Like you could ask, I'm sure if you asked a lot of people out there, would you still do CrossFit if you were going to get worse? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, nope. Cause they're so motivated by like getting better uh -huh. or being better than others. Like I'm in the same boat as you. I still do CrossFit, but I am not as good as I used to be. So Lindsay, what do you think? Are you going to continue even though you know you're going to get worse? <laughs> but not like, we're not saying you're going to get worse yeah. right now, but eventually you get to a point where like, you're just trying to slow down. Oh, you're, you're, you're getting yeah. older, yeah. you're getting more injured and you're also just getting busier in your own life. And I think, yeah, like that I've always said like that I don't have any interest in being like a competitor's a competitive master's athlete like that's my like hard cut off is at 35 I won't do it competitively unless I can like make that switch and kind of like train a lot less have it be less of a part of my life and still be competitive and like have fun with it I guess so yeah and but I do think that I'll still train CrossFit I think I'll still enjoy it I really enjoy the methodology I love how many different things there are to do I don't think I could ever go back to like just bodybuilding or anything like that. So I think the like actual like programming and stuff is so enjoyable that I will always do it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I can't say I know exactly how well I'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs> just pick a new sport yeah. and put all your money in that. Yeah. Which is honestly what I've done yeah. up until now. Like I ran track in university and then when I got injured and couldn't do that anymore I I turned to bodybuilding and competed in that and when that wasn't quite what I was looking for I went to CrossFit and that's yeah. where we are right now so like that is literally what I've always done and I I see the flaw in that so I at one point we'll have to like not just fill it with another athletic endeavor try to it is kind of fun though to like I think part of the the the, sh the shift that I made was because it was I became I got really into running mm -hmm. and biking, mm -hmm. but in CrossFit makes you better at those things. Mm -hmm. So it was still there's still a lot of value in training it, but it took the it was like <laughs> okay if I'm gonna run half marathons like that's gonna have a negative impact on my ability to be competitive in CrossFit. So it was kind of this just I knew the decision would would snap me out of that mindset of being mm -hmm. like you know, one, one leg over the fence, one leg still in the, like, well, I could compete kind of, um, arena, but then like, that's, that's kind of the neat thing about it is you could just sort of get into running or triathlon or swimming or whatever you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's always kind of a soft entry into com being competitive in any new thing. Like you don't know, like how good could I be at running? I have no idea mm -hmm. how good could I be at triathlon or whatever I wanted to do. Um, 
it's just something to take your attention away from the thing that you're not doing anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to just go like cold turkey. I'm not going to compete in CrossFit. I'm not going to do double days, but I don't know what else I'm going to do with my time. Yeah. Like that's problematic. It's kind of an up in the air type feeling. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you can do, you can spend your time doing non-athletic things too. Like it's, the business was really good for us. It definitely allowed, it took some focus away from being competitive. There's <laughs> arts and crafts. I don't know. <laughs> arts like, and crafts. You can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, I think everyone handles it differently. There's a, a documentary called, uh, what's that Swedish documentary? The Weight of Gold or the, the Price of Cost of Gold, something like that. And it's about these Swedish national athletes and how so much of their identity is tied up into the sports, like the Olympic sports that they did. Mm-hmm. And retiring is really hard because it's just this thing that you've done forever. It's like who you are. So who are you if you don't compete in the sport that you've always done? Mm-hmm. And I think CrossFit definitely has that. And with the added pressure of like, who am I on social media if I'm not doing this sport? Mm-hmm. Will people value me? And that sucks because like your value shouldn't come from social media anyways, but mm-hmm. a lot of people do feel that way. Being like competing is an interesting topic. I, like we can sit here and talk, but I, I would consider us all fairly elite. But then what do you think about competing for somebody who's not elite? So like, Oh, I'm just going to do a competition or I'm going to sign up for this race. Do you encourage that? people to do that? Yeah, I think, like, because competing can be, like, such a special thing, and it just, like, almost always people do something that they didn't know that they could do in competition, and I just think that, like, it's, like, it can be, like, so valuable for, like, pushing past what you think you're capable of, and then other people just, like, really enjoy the experience of, like, getting together with a bunch of people like it is very like community building as well for the people that are doing it more I guess like recreationally um and they yeah they see what other people are also capable of doing like in the exact same test and then I think that is also like very motivating for for people so I think I think it's almost always valuable for them to do it yeah I I agree I I like it when people sign up for local competitions or sign up for races instead of just running. Cause I think it does, it puts a little bit more pressure and pressure can be a really good thing. But I think what you said in your post, like there's a level of vulnerability, like you're putting yourself out there, like you're showcasing what you can do in front of other people, not only your own competitors, but like actual spectators, your friends and family. And, but on the flip side, like I have had clients who sign up for something and it's like, they either life gets in the way and they're not prepared or they are so consumed by fear or worry that it's like, okay, you need to ask yourself at this point, or like maybe there's injuries. You have to ask yourself, like, is this an opportunity for growth? And if the answer is no, that's okay too. Like maybe right now isn't the time. I think a lot of people use competition or a prospective competition to motivate themselves to like actually do the training. But I don't know if that even works. And then it's like, well, you did it, but then what? Like you got, you yeah. got, you got to the games or you did the half marathon, but then you quit. And it's like, yeah. was that worth it? Was it fun? Cause if you're, I don't know, it's, there's so many factors and aspects to discuss. Yeah. I think, I mean, fundamentally, I think that the majority of the human population has no idea what they're actually capable of doing. Uh, and I, I think that's where, and it's the reason why you can watch a, a CrossFit competition or, you know, watch a marathon. And yeah, the people who are winning the marathon, amazing. It's incredible to see someone run that far in like just over two hours. 
But the person just beating the time cap at six hours, also amazing. Because like, there is a version of themselves who thought, no way can I do that. No way can I run 26 miles. Like, it doesn't matter the time. And then they do it. And so I think there's a lot of like growth opportunity there. And that's the same for CrossFit competitions. It's just, it's the same anytime someone does something that they didn't think they'd be able to do. And I think it's, there's this, this whole thing, like Ryan holiday, I think it must've been yesterday who runs, he runs a daily stoic and has some books we've read. He said, um, one of the, the biggest benefits to a physical practice, and that's what he calls like exercise. So exercise competition, whatever, is it, it sort of, it's like your brain telling your body who's in charge. Like the, the mind is more powerful and more like willing or not willing than the body will ever be. And so it's like the reason why you, you do a, a daily physical practice or compete is it's like this reminder of like, hey, I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting your body, like when you get out of the routine of physical practice or out of the routine of exercise, like your lack of fitness or ability in that way can discourage your mind. And so it's, it's all just what are you disciplined to every single day? And I've, I thought that was an interesting take on it as well. And I think that extends into competition where you get to that point in any kind of enduring where you have to make the decision. Like there comes that, that moment exists in every single like endurance event or CrossFit event where you get to that point where like, this is hard. I want to stop. And you have to be like, no, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's, it doesn't matter if you're an elite or if you're uh, like a five hour marathon runner, that moment is coming and you have to make the same decision. I think it's easier to make or the decision isn't really on the table as much when you're in an organized event. No, you so like if you say, hey, hey, Missy, like go out and run a 10K. And they're like, well, I've never run a 10K. Like, why should I? You know, I get to 5K like my I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm going to stop. But you somebody enters themselves into a 10K for like Brett, like raise money for breast cancer. Like you better be ready to finish that 10K. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we had some friends over for dinner last night and, and one of them was saying, um, she was telling us the story. Her, her dad had died from cancer and she signed up for this like 100 plus kilometer race, bike race. I think it was two days. Both days were over 100 kilometers and didn't train for it. Like she did some, <laughs> like, some long rides, but just showed up. She was planning to train for it and then it, the race came a little quicker than she thought it <laughs> would. <laughs> Happens. happens but she got through the the first day and then i mean you can imagine what it would feel like to ride a bike for 100 kilometers and not be trained for it not only like physically in your legs but just your body would hurt mm-hmm. and that second day came and she was like it was excruciating just getting on the bike for the first half kilometer but i think because it was a like a ride for cancer and she was doing it with someone that they knew and she had like a picture of her father on the bike there wasn't like that decision came at the beginning of day two and she had to make it Mm -hmm. and did make it. And I think that that's not a decision that she would have made, obviously, if she just decided to go ride her bike for a hundred kilometers, two days in a row, you'd be like, no, screw that. And that's kind of like how I see right now. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but, um, CrossFit, like some workouts are so hard and there's ones that you do, that yeah you you have that like thought in your head like I don't want to do this I want to quit now and like a lot of times the thing that like gets you through it is knowing that like either it depends like it's individual what you're actually motivated by but what it comes down to is that you have this like for me I'm for like people who are competitive and when you guys were competitive I'm sure like that you have a competition coming up or like that you want to be at this level. And these people who also want to be at this level are doing things just as hard 
as this. So you need to get through it. And I just wonder when you take that away and you get to that point in the middle of like a, a hard CrossFit workout or whatever it is, then what? Yeah. I mean, keeps I've, you going. that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I've been like, I definitely, I would say effort is a little bit. Yeah. Lower. You still go. You just yeah, don't you go as fast. Finish. You're like, you this is now it. for quality. <laughs> but I, de- like, I think back to like these days, like when I was training like a lot in 2017, I would be at the gym on the assault bike at like 9 PM by yeah. myself lights off. And I would just be thinking like, you're doing this. No one else is doing this. Like, this is what's going to make you better. Like finish the workout or, um, you know, you're visualizing that like the moment in regionals, like the final event, uh, you got it. You're in sixth place. You got to go like, and that's sort of what goes into your head and it gets you, you know, at a higher output for those workouts or, you know, you're on a team and your team's waiting for you. Just like all of that stuff really works quite well. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like I don't have that now because I'm not competing, but like the other day I did this workout and it was, I was so tired. It was like the end of the day and it was this really, really hard workout. And it was, <laughs> it was Sunday night. We had w- finished watching a documentary for two hours on the couch. <laughs> and I was like, are you working out? Totally expecting her to be like, nah. Yeah. She was like, yeah. I was like, crap. <laughs> now I have to, too. <laughs> I'll just, whatever. I'll just do it for quality. And then, like, my brain is broken. I know. <laughs> Mine is like that, too. <laughs> I got, I did the first set of bar muscle-ups and then, like, got on the rower and I was like, screw it. And did 20 calories in, like, 55 seconds or whatever. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> Georgia. Back on the, I was like, hey, I'm just going to do the second set of bar muscle-ups. I'll see what that feels like. Felt okay. I mean, it's hard. And then I was like, back on the rower. And then all of a sudden, I was just like busting my ass in that workout. Mm-hmm. And I finished and I was not okay. <laughs> not for like 15 minutes. And I was like, I didn't have to do that. But there's just, I think there's, there's always something in you that's like, no, you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not every single session or every single piece and every single session, it still feels good to like go there and be able to do it. Even if you hate yourself a little after, Mm -hmm. which I definitely did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's like that sense of accomplishment of doing something hard that you maybe didn't want to do. Yeah. But it's 100% for me in my basement and not because I think it will in any way transfer over to competition. I mean, you probably were trying to impress me a little. (laughs) I was down there. (laughs) like half changed clothes I like left the t-shirt on that I was wearing watching tv which is like a baggy t-shirt yeah I mean I I think it's it becomes a little more personal I think it's kind of like a chicken and an egg thing too like people like that are attracted to CrossFit because it's hard and because Mm. it allows you to go there and then training that way exposes you to being there more yeah so then I don't know, you're either like more, some could say that you end up being less willing to go there because you've been exposed to it more, but it just depends. I think it just, yeah, it just like you have something in you that wants to go there. Yeah. And that maybe came before or during or after <laughs> CrossFit. Yeah. It's that like the swimmer's body fallacy, mm-hmm. whereas like, you know, is a, does a swimmer look the way that they look because they swim or do they swim because they look the way they look? Mm-hmm. The same thing for track athletes, the same thing for marathon runners, and I think that's true. I think there's an aptitude and there's a physicality to every sport. And that extends beyond, I guess, yeah, the, the physical shape that someone's in it's and probably into their like mental space and ability to tap into certain intensities too. Um, but that's also why I think it's sort of 
like pointless for someone to be like, oh, I want to look like a marathon runner. Mm-hmm. And I, and, you know, part of me always wants to be like, look, if you if you look like a marathon runner, you would be running marathons. <laughs> like, some to some extent, that's how that works, mm-hmm. at least at a high level. If you have yeah, like the opportunities available to you, then yeah, I think that that's yeah, you'll end up getting shuttled over there. Exactly, yeah, but that that doesn't mean that you can't develop. Yep. in certain ways but i think at the high levels of any sport is there's a certain like an innate aptitude for both the like the physical expression but also like the mental tenacity required to be good in those sports mm-hmm. so um yeah i guess obviously we've kind of talked about alex is into running marathons although running a half marathon this weekend mm-hmm. and then i'm sort of off running because of my foot but exploring some other opportunities maybe next summer that aren't running maybe swimming we'll see mm-hmm. what's next for you from a like competition um again i'll do that uh local competition called uh, battle in the barracks and i think it's in december and then just yeah focus on uh open quarterfinal semis the uh somewhat half plan to do Wadapalooza didn't yeah. <laughs> work out for the three of us. They canceled the Airbnb and I was like, I'm not rebooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would, that's probably the right decision for yeah. everybody. Yeah. I like looked at our fall schedule and I was like, I do not want to put, what did it have been this week? The, yeah, the qualifier. The qualifier. Well, it might be next week. Yeah. Next. yeah. So I think we're going to be away anyways, but yeah. I was like, I can't. <laughs> Plus like, I'm just not in CrossFit, like lift, at least weightlifting shape. I saw you powerlifting 200 the other day. Yeah, it's more like <laughs> yeah, it's like the endurance. If I had to do like heavy DT, yeah. I would be so messed up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it would just like you would need a, a stretcher. Yeah. To to carry me out of the gym. The next thing. Yeah. Yeah. The next big thing for sure. I uh, definitely have a better plan going into it this year. So. What is that plan? Um to relax during the open and just like not even look at it because right. it doesn't matter no, it so doesn't. like you won't redo workouts no. in the open i'm i'm putting it on the record right now <laughs> <laughs> one and done all yeah. of the open workouts just need to come top five thousand. yeah like what was i doing i don't yeah. know i did two out of the three i redid like an idiot so anyways okay. live and learn. yeah live and learn i'm also preemptively getting an injection in my knee in december so that it doesn't pop up yeah in february so those are the two main things what um would you say i guess we'll wrap up the episode what would you say are like i guess how are you different as an athlete now compared to like three years ago four years ago when you were kind of just getting started um i think well one i think i move better (laughs) just like physically I just like have figured it out a little bit I still don't have the best mobility um but I really moved like a turd when I first started CrossFit I remember that (laughs) I remember seeing you at OPT doing Karen and I was like okay first of all she's not going below parallel (laughs) second of all I don't think she actually can go below parallel because your heels lifted up on every single thing and each wobble you would like stutter you would like move around a lot so yeah, yeah you do move better so i recently did karen and i think i stood still for most of it <laughs> yeah. i remember seeing her thinking, like, she has like the most fitness like there's so much potential yeah. <laughs> yeah. so like aerobically fit but yeah. that didn't move well so i think i move a little bit well better and then uh 
yeah, mentally, like I said, like I kind of struggled this last competition and I think it's been kind of like a string of competitions that have, haven't gone exactly how I wanted them to go. Um, but I think, I think I'm like more confident in myself and I think like as far, I, we just talked about expectations kind of being a bad thing, but I think they also can be, be good to have like some expectation of what you like expect of yourself and like, I think I'm like more self-aware like I know what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are and like so then I can just like I can be happy that I I don't know snatched 165 even though everyone else snatched 185 or whatever you know and And like like, um I still want to get there but I know that I'm probably going to beat that person in the run yeah or like an erg anything yeah so I think, yeah, just like a little bit more self-aware and like knowing myself. And then, yeah, I think that those would be the main things. And I really hope to express that and kind of like be the athlete that I want to be in this next uh, year. Because I think even just this last year, I like made quite a few mistakes that I can learn from. Um, So, yeah, I guess TBD, hopefully (laughs) I show up as a better athlete this year. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I think there's the one thing that sport's really good at is like teaching lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's probably most athletes who are at a high level have had a year or a season or just an event even where like you just, you get taught that lesson of like, you don't deserve anything. Yeah. You earn every single thing mm-hmm. in this sport. And sometimes like you have to earn it by backing off a little bit mm-hmm. in certain, it both mentally and physically. So. And yeah, I think it's like. Yes, you're working hard, but so is everyone else. Yeah. Or even if, like, they're not working as hard as you, they're still better than you, and that's just how it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I take a little bit of, like, pride in knowing that I'm, I'm really willing to work hard, and I think you can't teach that. Mm-mm. So there are people coming up who they are just naturally good. And so then when things get really hard they don't know yeah what to do or how to like kind of push through it um and that's something that I have a lot of like grit I guess yeah <laughs> that, like uh I'll do it even when it doesn't feel good yeah type thing it's like that classic like would you rather have talent or would you rather have like work ethic yeah like I think work ethic goes further yeah in a lot of ways I would agree Alex any closing thoughts on that no. Okay. <laughs> no. Great. Well, this has been a fun one. Um, thanks for hopping on with us to talk about puppies and competition. Mm-hmm. We don't talk too much about competition anymore, uh, personally, but obviously it's something that we really enjoy and it's been a big part of our lives. So yeah, it's always really good to talk to you guys about it. Cause you've been kind of through what I'm in currently through the ringer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it's, it's, I think there is important to note though all of this stuff I think when I speak to my clients a lot of them go through this exact same thing that's really true and they aren't competing at and I did kind of touch on this at particularly high levels mm-hmm. there people have expectations of their times on trail runs mm-hmm. yeah. like you've never done a trail run you've never done this trail you have absolutely no idea what like where is all this where is all this expectation coming from like just 
go out there and do your best. Like that's what your, your expectation of yourself should be to try your hardest. And I think there's a takeaway here and like have fun with it and all that. Like, yeah, you want to perform, you want to finish the race and be happy with your effort, but going into it, being nervous that you're not going to do what is expected is like, what is even that? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it because you enjoy it. Like fundamentally, first and foremost in training and competition of any kind takes a lot of time and effort. And Mm -hmm. if you don't enjoy it, that's just going to lead to resentment. Yes. That's not where you want to be as an athlete, whether you're an elite athlete or a recreational athlete. Like, I think sometimes it's hard to like portray that to clients in a way that it doesn't sound like we're just like, like writing them off as if like their goal isn't important because it's not elite, but because it like applies to everyone. Like if it's like, if you're stressing out about it that much, then it's maybe it's not not the best thing for you or like saying like literally all you can do is your best like it kind of just sounds like you're being like whatever like you all you can do is your best but that's like but I really mean it (laughs) like yeah and that's how I I am like I don't go when I used to compete in regionals I wasn't like I I'm just gonna do my best because I don't care I don't want to qualify of course in the back of my mind like I'm at this competition to try to qualify for the games. Mm -hmm. Like I want to win. I know what my potential is relative to others ish. Cause like, again, you don't know what other people are doing, but all you can do is your best. Mm -hmm. All you can do is hope that you live up to your potential on that day. Mm -hmm. Some days you don't, but as long as you try your best, like that is literally all that you can do. You can control nothing else except for your effort. And there's a lot of comfort in that yeah. because if you do that, you will come out successful. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think you're right. A lot of people, and I don't know if it's because it's coming from us and we are, I guess you could say successful athletes who compete at high levels to just say like, all you can do is your best. Just go out there and do your best. Like, yeah, thanks a lot for yeah. the <laughs> advice. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, because you could probably go and win this and you think I'm not, it's not even worth trying. And yeah. it's like, no, of course it's worth trying, but like chill. Yeah. Like you've, you've done the work, like the hay is in the barn, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully you've done <laughs> And even work. if it's not, you use whatever hay is in the barn <laughs> yeah. and you go out there and do what you can do. And yeah. hopefully you're proud of that. And if you're not, then you take that experience as a growth opportunity for next time. Exactly. That's my takeaway. That was okay. a great takeaway. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Piping in there. <laughs> yeah i do think it's because it comes from us sometimes but then like what if it came from someone who's not very good and they're like well what are you doing you are you to give me yeah. advice you're just a jabroni you know it's like you know, damned if you do damned if you don't but all yeah you can do is, literally all you can do is your best ever so i sometimes think about that with work like i look critically at the job that i do with clients and i get down on myself like oh did i say the right thing did i help this person to my best capability and I sometimes find comfort in like right now I am doing the best that I can Mm -hmm. and that you can apply that to everything in life. Like you're never, you, you always have, I think more potential, but in this moment, I think there's a lot of comfort in doing your best. And then also knowing that you can continue to improve. You don't want to get like lazy with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, I think that's a valuable takeaway. I think so. Well, this has been great. Really enjoyed it. So. If I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Like, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll catch you on the next one.